Hey, everybody, we're back. It's Serially Obsessed. My name is Layla. My name is Dipti, and we're missing someone today. Where is Daisy? Guys, Daisy is looking at uh, Aurora Borealis. She is looking at the Northern Lights in fucking Iceland. She um, is. She is not with us. She's not joining us. Um, it's very. I don't upsetting. think she's even listened to this episode. Quite I frankly, don't think so. <laughs> um, which is fine. I mean, she is in Bjork country, and she should enjoy it. Um, Daisy, when you listen to this, you missed a great episode. Am I being sarcastic? <laughs> Maybe I am. Guys, before we get started, gotta do the disclaimer. The Serially Obsessed podcast is not produced, affiliated with, or endorsed or sponsored by the Serial Podcast. Additionally, the views, comments, and opinions expressed on Serially Obsessed podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of the producers of Serial. And as Daisy says, why would they? We're just three random ladies talking about (laughs) Serial Season 2, which no one's talking about anymore, because what a snooze fest. (laughs) Oh, no, that's Layla talking. Everyone's talking talking. about the Avery's. I'm just kidding. We're still into cereal. Um, I, Layla, am your neighborhood media critic and skeptic of all things media, sometimes serving as the voice of the audience. And yeah, that's me. What about you, Dip? I'm a lawyer. And you like talking about cereal because there's law stuff in it. A lot of stuff in it. There's law stuff in this season as well. Yeah. Um, also, I uh, I love media. I don't know. Whatever. Mainly, I'm a lawyer. <laughs> Mainly, <laughs> and, lawyer stuff. And Layla, Layla, and Daisy and I did comedy together for like a couple years at least. We performed together. Correct. And whenever Layla comes back to town, we've been performing because she moved to Oakland. I moved and to Daisy Oakland. Daisy and I are still in New York. Yep. Uh, so but, New York has uh, has a part of my heart, but Oakland, California has all of my all, heart and all yeah. of my body. Um, yes. Dip, <laughs> let's talk about this episode. I Let's talk about what you're... Well, Ugh. before we talk about the episode, Layla, yes. we have to talk about last week's episode. <laughs> which did was, you listen to it? Which was there was no episode. But did you listen to where she explained that there was no episode? Oh, I I honestly didn't even. I just oh, I read okay. all of the reports saying that uh the uh that serial was going to to a biweekly um schedule uh and the reasons for that was that they had gotten some more leads that they wanted to explore and I guess as, since the case is also developing that they are just kind of I don't know, spreading themselves out so that they can get all of that information. Is that Correct or incorrect? That's correct. Okay. Uh, I don't need to hear thought- SK say it. I just need to read some recap or people talk about it. I didn't I didn't even expect her to say anything. But um just in terms of it going bi weekly, I, I mean that's okay for me. I'm not like super duper pissed or anything, but this season has already lost the momentum that season one had. For, I think, the audience and sort of me, even though I like this season. Sure. But um, but the fact that it went bi-weekly, I, uh, that really, really put a knife in the momentum for me. I mean, I know that you and Daisy were like, they should have waited until next year when everything's kind of done. Yeah, um, I still and- think that. Because if she wouldn't have to go bi-weekly if she waited. 
That's true. I just don't know if it still would have gathered as much steam either way. I think it's such a hard thing to kind of talk about because like, as Daisy mentioned, like worse kind of a difficult thing to sort of put a pin on and sort of, uh, I don't know, explain in terms of like every, you know, all the different pieces and the different cogs and the wheels um, that I honestly don't, I mean, this isn't, I want to say this isn't as cut and dry, sorry, uh, as the Adnan case was, which is there isn't this additional vested interest of why are we at war? Like, what? Well, what? Yeah, what does it it's mean? Ongoing. Right. Like, what does it mean to be a prisoner of war? And like, what are the government hiccups of trying to get something done, even when it means like rescuing our own from a foreign country? Um, and this is like one of those episodes where that gets reiterated again. But I will say this. The reason why I really liked this episode is that this is the episode to me that reflects that whole like Tina Fey, Amy Poehler uh, weekend update segment where they're like, bitches, get things done. Because oh. <laughs> every everybody that gets things rolling when everyone's like, I don't know, we can't find a lead at the Taliban. Like this woman from Portland is just oh. like, I'm just going to be the squeaky wheel and I'm going to. And she totally up. admitted being annoying. I loved that. She was like, yeah, I was annoying. Um, yeah, right. I guess I was whiny. Yeah, I guess I love that she just owned it. She's like, yeah, but this is someone I care about. And right. more not her real names. Not her real name, Andrea and Michelle. I love that they were Nathan. more bitches getting there was things also, done. Right. Let's, and let's ignore not his real name, Nathan, for now, because I want to like give the women. The but it, like, oh, yeah, um, that's true. But he is also part of the not their real huge. name clan. He he was part of the not the real name clan, which is great serial. Yeah. I love all your not the real names. I still, I still think about not her real name Kathy from season one sometimes. Right. Oh, okay. So this is something that I want to bring up. Speaking of not her real name Kathy, uh, follow me on this one. Here's something that I find really interesting, especially for Andrea and Michelle, not their real names. Mm-hmm. They work for a government entity in Tampa, which they just self-describe as not being sexy and just like a bunch of cubicles. So I'm going to also assume that their uh, employee numbers are low. Like, they, I can't imagine. They said they were low. Right. So I can't imagine that there are any more employees than 100 people at this office in Tampa. You know some of those bitches are going to be listening to Serial and they're going to be like, uh... I know who Angela's voice is. That's Marcy. <laughs> and like, I know. Obviously. Who Michelle is. Michelle is like Janet because they're both working on those Afghanistan cases. Right. We they're know the only they- two working on the Afghanistan cases. Right, right, right. It's like just by saying like, oh, I don't want to give my name. It's like that's not enough incognito if you work at a small ass office where it's like you two are the only ones working in this department. Well, here's the thing, though. You know how not her real name, Kathy's voice was distorted, but still sounded like it wasn't like the like the the ones that they use on Dateline, um, <laughs> right? <laughs> which are just so ridiculous. Yes, but maybe their voices were distorted. But I was like, I just kept thinking, is this this doesn't sound distorted? And neither did Nathan's. And Nathan no, girl, is terrified for his no. life right now. Okay, and dip. I'm like, Nathan, don't come on, like get a voice distortion. Yeah, dip. Serious. Nobody's voice was distorted for this show. <laughs> 
Nobody's it, voice it was distorted for the show. No, none of them. We know we, it's Janet and Angela in PR. Anyway, yeah. um, but going back to Kim, uh, Kim, I found to be a really interesting person. Uh, and to me, I was like, oh, it makes sense that Bo would be like the apple of Kim's eye because Kim seems. Well, but she's married with two kids. What's up with that? Seriously, Dip, I don't mean like in a sexual way. I just mean like, oh, this is someone that like she cares about. Because I feel like I'm, not, I'm nobody's apple. A lot of people care about me, but I'm not the apple in their eye. That's reserved for someone that you have romantic feelings. No, with. it's not. Okay. I don't think apple of your eye is like or unless it's your child. Only. Like I'm the apple of my parents' eye. I think Kim can kind of run on that. Am too. I the I mean, apple of your eye? <laughs> no. I mean, you're kind of you're like close <laughs> to the apple of my eye. Like I feel like if you got captured in Afghanistan. I would be very sad, but I don't know that I would go to Kim lengths to try and find you. Do you know what? I thought about that. I'm like, if would I go to these lengths for my own sibling even? Like, I'd just be like, God, I guess my sibling died. Like, (laughs) I I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, you're like, I don't know. Should I call Fox 5 News? Like, who do I call? Like, NBC? I'm not sure. Like, I'll just do like a media thing and just be like, please help my brother. I, That's I miss probably him. the most I think that I could do because we're dealing with Al Qaeda for all she knows, the Taliban. Right. You know. Right. Meanwhile, this woman is so tenacious that it doesn't. She's like, who do I know? Who do I know at Interpol? I know like Bobby, like from that cocktail right. party six months ago. I'll just contact him. And then Bobby from the cocktail party. That's just I'm adding a backstory. You are. Um, <laughs> She knows someone at Interpol. And then that Interpol person was like, hey, what you need to do in order for Interpol to even like look at this case is like there needs to be like a yellow paper, whatever that internally means. That's what leads her to go and fill out a missing person's report in Portland, Oregon, of all places. I was kind of curious how someone like from BFE, Idaho was... uh, knew someone at Interpol. But she's not in Idaho. She's in Portland. I know, but she's from there. But then again, I'm from central Illinois. So, you know, I and you know. are very well connected. Who knows? Yeah. Right. I, this is like networking 101 that Kim is like super playing on where it's like, yeah, yeah, like cast a wide net and talk to all of your connections and see where you can get. Yeah. Instead of doing it for a job, though, she's doing it to find... Her friend she, who is Afghanistan. captured by the Taliban in right. Pakistan or Afghanistan. Yeah. In Pakistan or Afghanistan. But like I did, I'm sorry, like I did think that she made a really big effort. Again, thinking about how much effort would I go, how much effort would I get? I would be upset beyond all get out, but this was, I don't know, who knows? I, it's not I the mean, point, but I did, I, I was like, But the Whoa. thing is, no, Dip, I think there is a really big point to that because I feel like most people, I mean, let's think about like Bo's parents even. Like they didn't go to crazy right. lengths. They, that and they Kim also did. said, do not try to save him. Like we don't, it's not worth it. They literally said that about their own son who they were dying to get back. They said it's not worth the risk to try to do a rescue mission. I did not hear that. But yeah, they I, did, yeah, it was in the episode. Um, it was, 
I mean, I, yeah, I guess I must have missed that. But I like just the fact that I feel like most people would be like my friend or loved one or spouse or sibling is captured. They're a prisoner of war. I am helpless. Like, I don't know where to turn. I wouldn't know what to do. And I mean, Sarah kind of goes on record and she's like, yeah, this is like a very tenacious woman. This is not a woman that like yeah, sits down right. and is just like cool i'll just like wait till he's rescued and then you know the thing is though i mean you become extremely resourceful when you really care about something so you would figure it out if this was someone of the same amount of importance to you as right. Bo was to her and like you would i do think that you would actually go to the links to figure it out you just don't know that until you're hit with a crisis right and I think just like you can't think that you'll ever get through a death, you know, like you could never right. imagine. And, and also, I think just like anything else, like even with a death, I think people handle things differently where some yeah. people might just be like, oh, God, they're captured. Like, I don't know what to do. I'm just my hands are tied. Mm-hmm. Like the government Other people is just jump to action. And- right. Just like the government is such a big machine and I wouldn't even know what to do or who to turn to. Like, I guess I'll just. Speaking of, like, the government being such a big machine, that was such another focal point of the episode for me was I, I actually, while it got a little tedious at times, um, I, I did think it was fascinating how SK, first of all, went to the lengths to figure all this out. I think this is why we have biweekly episodes now. But um, to really explain not only how complicated... The setup of the government is, which isn't a, a shock to anyone. We know that. But how responsibility is shirked off on to different departments and people deflect, you know, that responsibility. Like, no, this is this person. This is this person. And the lack of communication. And I almost just thought, wow, do we really want, like, terrorists to hear how bad we are at, like, handling hostage situations like it's so it's i don't it makes sense that it's like very complicated and it was just very interesting i mean there's no point in like going over all the detail of it if you listen to the episode you understand that it's very intricate and there's no like one way that things happen and then not his real name nathan he had to come up with creative ways to get obama's um attention and that was brilliant on his part and ballsy on his part and and it's not just nathan it's like it's andrea and michelle not their real names um yeah i mean like to the point where they're literally like bribing these generals with goodies like yeah booze and beef jerky which beef jerky by the way walker black and beef jerky okay aside i Sometimes we'll eat beef jerky, but I still think beef jerky is super disgusting. I have not eaten beef jerky since ninth grade. It was the first and last. Okay, can I just say this? I think jerky is a white people thing. Correct. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, Indians do not. I'm, I'm Indian. We didn't say that at the beginning. And Layla's Ecuadorian, if you That's don't know right. that. But, but slash American or dash American, both of us. But yeah, no, I went to debate camp. Um... Because that's the nerd I was summer after freshman year. Yeah. At Kansas University. And um, my dorm mate was eating beef jerky all the time. And I thought it was the funniest thing in the world. And one day I'm like, can I try? While other people are like, 
I'll take a cigarette or some beer. I was <laughs> like, like, I'll try some beef jerky. I'm going to try some beef jerky. <laughs> Did you like it? I loved it. But I never had it again. Yeah. Every once in a while, I'll get a hankering for it. And I feel like it's just because I need a salty thing in my I was just going to say, you must like need salt. Yeah, I think that's basically what it is. But it's like super uh, rare. I don't really think that jerky is like a thing that I like. Anyway. Back to cereal. Oh, okay. Back to cereal. I was just gonna say maybe (laughs) I'll buy some next time. Um. So, uh, just how complicated the machine is and how frustrating it is. I mean, that doesn't shock me. Uh, I worked for the DA's office in Brooklyn, um, for a few years, and I saw how complicated any sort of governmental structure is. Um, Right. And uh, just like. Even on the small level of, like, criminal law in Brooklyn, for example. I mean, that's not a super small scale. It's kind of big. But um, but that's a, its own small world, right? And how yeah. complicated and difficult it was to get the attention of a certain person for a certain victim or a certain defendant or to try to get, like, w- like witness protection for someone who was scared, but we wanted them to testify, like, all these little things. Right. So hard. And, right. And, and I think the episode kind of makes clear is, like, it's not always people shirking their work. A lot of the times it's, like, correct. what, like, the this thing that's, like, top one priority on your list is literally, like, 67 on my list of, like, important shit I need to get done. Right? So... That that I think to me is like the most like sad, frustrating, interesting part, yeah. at least that I found in this episode is that like, yeah, there's so much shit going on in Afghanistan, in Pakistan, and then also trying to do this dance of like, well, we don't want to rock the boat because we still need allies on our side so that we can like send drones there if we need to. And But it, it makes sense. Yeah, it's like, it's such like a tightrope thing of like, when is it okay to rock the boat? When is it okay to be like, to uh, put in an ultimatum? When is it like, it's just, it's so much, there are so many variables at stake that it makes almost. And we didn't know that. I mean, like the lay person, at least like you and me, we didn't, we didn't understand those complicated, I mean. I figured it wasn't easy, but we didn't understand those complications before this. I thought she did a great job of laying it out. And I don't think it's that people don't know as much as it's not something that maybe people think about. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't, because I think it would be hard to say, like, yeah, most Americans don't know how complicated Afghanistan is. Like, I think there's an understanding of that, but just Mm -hmm. not, like, they don't know why. Or they, or... Or it's just like, I'm sure there's so many, because there is, like, there's so much, like, back office stuff. Right. That, like, you just don't think about, like, the paperwork that needs to get pushed or, like, you know, the top brass that needs to approve certain things. Right. What's your pay grade level? Like, you can't talk to me even, you know? Right. Like, I need need to dangle, like, gold in front of you in order to even just maybe have a four-minute conversation with you. Yeah, exactly. And I think, like, I have to tell you, I recall getting reprimanded for sometimes even, or getting, like, the side eye from a boss or 
to like for even talking to someone higher up at the DA's office, like without saying that I'm going to. And because there's so much paranoia about what will be said or is someone blowing a whistle? Like, did you accidentally say the wrong thing or like, does this reflect upon me or like all these things? And that is on this, again, this small scale of government. Compare that to like this foreign policy. It's national security. And then it's for this one guy. It's, it it really. Yeah. I mean, like the thing is like once you put it, once you put it that way, it's like all of these all of these, like you said, like all of these intricate dances, all of these different like foreign policy, like nuances that you need to be aware of literally for like one per like one person. It's like you do. It sounds horrible, like Sarah says on the episode, but it's like. And Andrea Michelle hated it, but they were like. Ugh. Yeah. But the thing is, like, I think you do like as an everyday person, it's like, I don't know. Is that worth it? Like. To do all of that work and to jump all of those hoops, like. That's why I said, like, if somebody, like, super close to me, like, a relative or someone, you know, or, like, a best best friend or something, um, went missing like this, I feel like I'd be like, well, they weren't a big enough cookie to be. Right. To and be I think. saved and I'd be horrified and distraught. But, like. Right. I and I think, think it's like, not. It's not even just so much about them being like a big cookie or not a big cookie because I think and this is the thing I I was trying to bring up before, but I didn't do it uh, completely is just like you're talking about Bo who like walked off. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes you're also talking about prisoners who are just like, yeah, we were like hiking Hiking. in the hills of Afghanistan. So it's sort of like, yeah, I mean, I I would get how someone's thought process would be like. Yeah, listen, I'm not going to freaking... I'm not sticking out my neck for that person. Right. Like, I I simply cannot go through all of the bales of paperwork, plus, like, all the stupid red tape and bureaucracy and, like, caste system shit just right. to deal with someone who is just, like, going to go, like, hiking in the Afghani well, hills. Wa- like, you want to know something? So, uh, Sarah mentioned... Do you remember, what was her name, Lisa Ling? Was, last name was Ling. But do you remember oh, yeah. those reporters yeah. when they were, like, stuck in Korea or they were, like, they were hostages? Right. I yep. remember when Clinton went over there, and this is, like, from my naivete, I realize. And it's this episode of Serial that opened my eyes to actually say, actually, your naivete wasn't so misplaced. You just didn't get why it wasn't misplaced. But I remember thinking, wow, Bill Clinton went over there to save two reporters or like one. I can't believe the United States will go to all. I've always thought of that, like how much they care about certain civilians who have been just like caught wrong wrong place, wrong time, you know? And and I realize, like, it is surprising that we do sure. help them. Right. But I think in terms of, I don't know. I mean, oh, this is going to sound horrible for me to say, but I feel like reporters is different because you're out there. You're like doing a job. But like. Right. It's like a private company. And, and yeah. And like and stuff. They and send. all that stuff. I mean, 
I like and this episode brings up Caitlin Coleman, which who quite frankly I did not know about. Um neither did until, I until until they brought it up in this episode. And I'm like, holy shit, wow, she gave birth while she was a prisoner. And then I was like, oh, but literally they like they were hiking around back there. Like, I don't know. I like make me a monster. I'm a monster human, well, but it's also like don't, you know what, maybe Layla? don't go hiking there. Mm, see, I don't I don't think that and it comforts me that the United States would actually try to save that person. Sure. Because it makes yeah. me think if I'm like lost in the hills of Afghanistan ever. Right. God right. forbid. Yeah. Um, that America might do something for me. I'm kind of psyched about that. This is giving me a little hope. But right. if I were lost, I actually would be like, well, I'm dead. I'm dead. I should just like start meditating. Until yeah. I yeah. Die. And and listen, do do not get this mistaken that like as I say that, like, oh, they were just hiking there it does make me realize that essentially what I'm saying is like, oh, well, you asked for it if you're like get no, raped you're and you're wearing a skirt right. or something. <laughs> so it so it does. It makes me feel like a horrible person. But it's it, like I guess it makes me. I guess it makes me understand where their logic train is going if it's like this well, person is kind of low level on my list just because. Mm-hmm. But what not, not their real names Andrea and Michelle were saying was that they are like, they don't like that people and the higher ups and the really, really higher ups, especially right. want to know the circumstances. And you're right. saying you would be one of those people where you're like, I'm sorry, the circumstances don't, like, yeah. prop- compel me to save them. Which right. is and fine. I, I mean, I, I think I'm just I trying to put that. myself in the position of, like, I'm a high-level executive. I have seven, th- like like they mentioned in this episode, I have 7,000 fires to put out. And then you show up from Tampa and you're like, hey, don't forget this, like, lady and her husband who, like, went on a honeymoon while she was pregnant. And, like, they were just walking around in, like, Russia, and then they ended up in Afghanistan. By the way, they're, like, prisoners, so if you can, like, help me out and get rid of them. I'm <laughs> like, uh, hi, I also am dealing with, like, 700 other things, you know? And also keep in mind, uh, during part of this whole thing, because Kim's stuff started um, in late 2009. Right. And um, we didn't capture bin Laden until the last weekend of April of 2011 I believe and was it then yeah it was like April 30th or something I remember because I had just come back from this oh oh I was gonna I I was gonna ask you where were you where were you when you found out Bin Laden was killed I had just come back from a wedding in Jamaica and my mom called me and she said turn on the TV (laughs) they got Bin Laden (laughs) and I was like Huh? And I was so tired. She goes, darn it, Don, Obama's talking. I was like, oh, God, I should probably turn this on. It's kind of a big deal. I was so excited to just go to bed because wedding in Jamaica. And um, and we got Bin Laden. So I remember, it, whatever, it was the last weekend of April of 2011. So this effort had been Wait, started. you're not going to ask me where I was? That's so rude. Well, I didn't. You're not a date person. You don't. Oh, but it's a big uh, event. It's like a big event. I remember where I was when I'm Bin so Laden got sorry. captured and killed. Layla, Layla, where were you? I was in my bed, like when I was watching the news, like ready to go to bed. 
I was in line waiting for a showing at the Castro <laughs> Theater. And it That's was kind of fun. Cool. It was just kind of fun because I remember it's like my friend and I were like waiting in line and then we're like, oh shit, they captured Bin Laden. And then like everybody online was like, because we were all on our phones, you know, cell Wait, phones and do stuff. We have, do we have like really smart smartphones back then? Yeah, dude. I'm just trying to remember. Like yeah, we, people we had like, like totally... Facebook and Twitter back then. People were Facebooking and Twittering like that oh, news yeah, yeah. all day, every day. Um, right, and right, then right. Facebook we, like, was huge. We got into the theater and we were just like, yeah, samurais. And it made me feel like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm like one of those dirty Americans who's like, yeah, get her done. Oh, that's so funny. Do yeah. you want to like skip the movie and just go find a TV? No. Really? No, I really wanted to see the movie. <laughs> and also because it was just like I knew because everyone had already posted like uh, Obama's little press conference. Oh, it so was already all, over. Okay. Yeah. So like all well, it was over, but it was also just like everyone had already been posting highlight reels. So Got I was it. like, yeah, that's enough for me. I can see the you movie. Know? Right. Yeah. Um, anyway, wow. You know what, so. Layla? Like, so I can remember literally the exact moment of that press conference. And so now it was before I had met you. I know exactly where you were at that exact same moment. Is that romantic? And isn't that nice? And the last aside we're going to do is this, listeners. Layla and I realized that it was like April 17th or April 18th. Of oh, my God. Are you going to tell them about the same the same White Stripes concert that we were at? Uh-huh. So it was yeah. April 17th or 18th of 2002, and there was this hole in the wall. Hole in the wall. It was like a strip club converted to a bar. They had, like, no no even, like, liquor license. So not bar, but music venue. Far out in middle it of was nowhere, like, New Jersey. Yeah, it was, like, in middle of nowhere, New Jersey. I was convinced that it, it was a camp because it looked like a young people's day camp oh. area. It was super weird. Anyways... Uh, I was at that show with two of my friends and I ended up getting to stand side stage with Jack White, just like five feet in front of me. And I had just gotten into the white stripes and it was very exciting. And I was telling Layla about that one day and she told me I was at that same show. And that was like over a decade before we had met right i think we realized it was the same show one because it was such a weird spot and also yeah. because brendan benson had opened up for them right and then that and was it was literally like right before the white stripes like exploded exploded yeah i mean because yeah if we were at the same show at bowery ballroom they played five nights that that run whatever so who cares it's not as it whatever anyways you might want to edit that out <laughs> so um so back to where were people we? are going to uh, want to know about our concert schedules. Yeah, <laughs> they are. Um, so uh, what else? Uh, Nathan, what I have to say about not his real name, Nathan is what a guy. I, I mean, like he literally took such a creative route in order to get Bo. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was. It's it's it like why he put his neck on the line. I don't know. I I, I laud that, him for I doing that. It, that but, to me is always really interesting, right? Yeah. It's like it's like why are there certain people that are just actively or like what is it about certain scenarios that like speak to you to be like I'm gonna go above and beyond. Like this is 
outside of my pay grade. This is outside of what I normally do. This could get me job security. Right. This could get me fired and or in a lot of trouble. But I just feel like right about this and I'm going to do my part. Like that to me, I think, is really interesting human behavior. Right. Right. Like Mm -hmm. what? What, and I think that not the real names Andrea and Michelle had similar, like, valiant goals, I guess you could call it. I'm not saying, like, no. But I, I get where they're coming from because they're so passionate about that, that being their jobs. I will say this. How do you get a job like that? Um, I you You get it. You know what? You I know people who have had jobs of... That type of thing because I lived in D.C. And oh right, for like sure. a year and a half, like after college. D.C. makes sense to me, but they're in freaking Tampa. Um, yeah, but I think if you want to work in government or for like the DOD or the FBI or whatever, I mean FBI is based in the D.C. area, but um, the CIA. Then you'll just is like Langley. move wherever. Yes, because that job is incredible, and there's federal jobs. Everywhere, you know. Right. Um, so it's not uh like, oh, I'm gonna work in DC and work on the hill and or like these government agencies. I don't know. I just think like a lot of it is a lot of people just they start there after college and they just keep moving up the ranks and Right, um, right. Or or it's lawyers go do that, or it's people with public policy degrees from like Columbia and Harvard and I think I'm still just imagining like getting tapped by the CIA like in high school. Like I want to know who those high schoolers are. Oh, I don't think. Do they tap people in high school? I don't know. That's what Homeland makes me believe is a thing that happens. <laughs> They're like, oh, he's like a hacker. Get him in here. Um. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it's I think honestly, I think that you just apply for that job like anyone applies for a job. You could be whatever background and you just. You know, I think right. it's it's um, I don't think it necessarily like takes a specific crazy esoteric background in order to get in there. But mm-hmm. in like staying and moving up the ranks, I think it's like a big deal. Um, right. Uh, but yeah, it, I mean, it is interesting. I I still think it's like a super neato job and I would just talk about it all the time. Um. Yeah, but you know what? Everything becomes a job. A lot of people thought that being a prosecutor was a super neato job, and it became just such a job to me after a while that when people be like, tell me the craziest thing you've ever seen, I'm like, ugh. (laughs) And that's so the kind of question I would ask anybody else about anything. Yeah. More so even if they're like in music or entertainment or something. And meanwhile, if anyone asked me that, I'd be like, hmm. Really? Okay. Um, and I, because it really did just become a job. I mean, it was but a cool I, job, but it just yeah, became a job. I think that anybody who does that kind of stuff does sort of lose that, you know, because, like, I mean, once you know how the sausage is made, you're like, listen, it's not as neat as you think it is. I mean, yeah. anytime I tell politics people. politics everywhere. Yeah. There's gossip. There's I mean, like, listen, stuff. like, if I go, if like, the other day I went into the bank because I was, like, doing some bank stuff. 
Mm-hmm. And the woman was like, oh, what do you do for a living? I'm like, oh, I'm a video producer. She's like, oh, that's super neat. Tell me everything. I'm like, literally, it's like not that thrilling. Like, I don't hate <laughs> my job, but it's not like, you know, my everyday job is probably just as interesting as yours. And then I was like, no, maybe well, not. See, I would get envious of all my friends who were like in video production or like if they edit. Yeah, like editing, producing, whether it was for like commercials or especially movies and stuff. I'd be like, oh, my God, tell me everything. And they're like, I'm like, do you get to wear jeans to work? <laughs> oh, yeah, we do get to wear jeans to work. I was just fascinated by anyone who worked in a creative field because I had the most mainstream colleagues always. So, like, I don't know. The point is everyone's fascinated by other other people's Stuff. jobs yeah i mean i think yeah i think that's true i'm yeah i'm like super i get super into listening to people like even if, if they have like a very mundane job you know mm-hmm. um like i would love to have a very long conversation with a sanitation worker that would be Cause interesting I, yeah because i feel like their job is way more interesting than most people might think you know anyway yeah, no, um, I agree. I would want to know that too. More of what Koenig said there, you know, there's G.I. Joe. He was also a, a big dude. He was Jason, if you recall. Mm-hmm. She called him the equivalent of G.I. Joe. Right. Um, Him being so high up and saying how, in his words, how, quote, fucked up everything was, was disturbing to me because that scared me about how screwed up our government is and also made me realize again if i get lost in the foothills of afghanistan i'm dead right nobody's Um, gonna come find me yeah and i think okay so this kind of brings me back to my feelings that i had for the last time we recorded the episode Uh uh-huh and it's just like okay again we have some upper brass military person or government person once again reiterating that everything is a mess and mm-hmm. i'm sort of like this is just uh this is just frustrating cuz i feel like it's just a repetition of stuff that okay i get it yes everything's a mess i i get that now but we i i as an audience member would like to move on okay here's what i have to say to that and it relates to conversations that we have had about Actually, everybody, we should have said this at the beginning. Every single time you reference making a murderer, everybody should take a drink. Because this reminds me of a conversation we've only mentioned it twice. So, oh, unless they're very strong drinks. I think I've just been thinking about it too much. But by the way, on this note, Layla and I do have a podcast called The Obsession Sessions. And our first episode is about making a murderer. Right. Anyways, so, um, Layla, you're. It left you with frustration about just criminal justice system in general and how we're just going to move on to the next true crime story and nothing ever really gets done. And I said, yeah, but for the people in the system, um, all they can do is just continue to try to do their job. Defense attorneys, just keep trying to do your job as best as you can and move it forward. And it's, I think more frustrating... I mean, it's frustrating for people in the system, obviously, whether they work in it or they're. Yeah, because they're like victims of it. But for the people outside, I mean, you can push for reforms. You can do this kind of stuff. I personally am like, it's it's broken. But let's just keep trying to get better. And that's 
in a sort of analogous way is how I see this. It frustrates me, yes, but not to the level that it frustrates you. I just think it, we're not going to fix the right. entire... I think you're misunderstanding my frustration with it. Okay. Uh, yes, I'm frustrated. Uh, I am not hyper... I, I am not a hyper-idealistic person. I do not think anything will be fixed. I'm saying that I am frustrated as an audience member listening to serial season two about like okay now you're just reiterating everything that i'm already aware of that the system is broken that it's difficult to get things done that the whole like situation in afghanistan is nuanced and weird and tricky um and we are just hearing it over and over and over again from various vantage points within the like within the uh within like the stable of people that are involved in the in the war in uh you know personnel retrieval and all of that stuff i just think as an as an audience member as a person who listens to the show i can see why people are sort of like ugh this season because i feel like it's like okay great like we're already on episode 5 and we've spent 3 episodes talking about what a mess this war is okay well you're entitled to that opinion. Obviously. I am entitled I'm to sure, that opinion. And I'm sure other people share that frustration. Um, right. I don't have that, though, because each way she's telling us it's a mess, she's, yeah. is a, it's a new light. I didn't know the intricacies of how the DOD interacts with the CIA and what half of these other branches even are, you know? Right, that's true, um, yeah. And... and um, all these intelligence units that she went really specific into. And I like right. that. I know more about it now. Because sure, that's true. I mean, informatively, I, I, I understand, you know. Yeah, like, I, I mean, I, I like the additional information, but I, I, I think I'm just thinking about it in terms of somebody who is just consuming this as an entertainment property. Like, I, now I'm just now I'm just switching that compartment from someone who is like, yeah, let's learn more about the war and its intricacies versus like me as a as a consumer of entertainment. I I feel like we're just getting the same storyline over and over and over again. Oh, see, I don't I I'm just I I'm just switching learning. it in that perspective. I don't I don't listen to it in those two different ways. Right. I don't listen to it. I listen to it all as one and it's not really this isn't really entertainment to me. Like, uh, it's it's like I'm learning. <laughs> I'm really, uh, like, and especially sure. when I was listening to this episode today, I was, I felt good that I was l- actually learning about how different parts of our government and foreign policy, like, how, how they work in order to deal with certain foreign policy issues, national security crisis, hostage issues. Um, it's just kind of good info to throw in the back of my head. So yeah. So now now I understand that I was right. It is a big deal that they went and when Bill Clinton was sent to get that reporter, you know, like even SK was saying how to get him to actually go over there to do it was like this huge thing. Um, right, right. And I and like setting aside that it was a reporter versus a soldier versus a civilian or something, but just that in general, um, I was just kind of confused about it. I remember I just, I've always been confused about 
how much effort the U.S. puts into hostage crises. Like, are they really going to care for these civilians, these four civilians in a plane, for example? Like, um, right. what right. what makes that a top priority? Is it because the world is watching in this certain instance and it happens to be terrorists from this organization, from Libya versus Iran or who, wherever they may be? Yeah. Um, and I think and, I think this episode makes it clear that that definitely plays a part, it, right? Yeah. Yeah, you know, and that and that there's also, and I think we all know this. There's so much stuff we don't hear about or ever hear. Um, right. We didn't. I didn't know who that Bo Bergdahl was missing. <laughs> you know, um, I didn't wait like before serial season two. No, I knew. I knew about it when he came back. Okay, I didn't follow the story very closely, but no, since two thousand nine, I didn't know that we had a a soldier missing. Did right. You? I think I'm with you. I don't think I knew about it until after his rescue. Or like just slightly before because there was that brouhaha of like. Yeah. You know what it you know what are we. The exchange what, and everything. The exchange and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I. I, um, I think it depends. Right. Like you said there's times when people go missing and it it's immediate news. And I think this kind of goes back to. What you said before, it's like there's so much other stuff going on that, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, we could turn on the news right now and be like, oh, someone's captured. But then, you know, we don't like know New what York, that means. Right. You but don't know what that means. sort of do. And then there's other stuff going on that's like more immediate. Like there's a blizzard happening in New York. Like, mm-hmm. OK, fine. So then, you know, you you just kind of forget that. Yeah. Piece of information also because as we now know through this episode and maybe we already had like an inkling of it between the time getting captured and the time that it takes to be found and rescued Mm -hmm. can be years. I mean, years, you know, which is crazy. And you know, this also sheds a little bit of a light. Well, no, sort of, but on the, the Paris attacks, recently in in November and um and you know obviously the they could all find shelter in the embassy they were America was going to do everything they could to make sure that all of the, like the the survivors came back as they should have I'm not remotely questioning that but that was on such a grand scale and it was you know it was all civilian it was so horrific and awful but like that is something that is going to become immediate top priority. Right. To me, I would just think, of course that would. But now, but you know, like there's, there there could be like five hostages in Pakistan right now or Afghanistan who, or like 10 or 12, we don't know, um, who aren't being tended to. But if they were taken hostage in Paris, they would have. And I'm not right. questioning why one would be over the other, but at least we have this sort of framework to slightly comprehend. Yeah, and I think maybe what you're getting at, and correct me if I'm wrong, is just like, it's really like the magnitude and visibility of it all. Like, yeah, the Paris attacks were so massive and everyone was watching, everyone knew about it, that it would be 
It just well, and it they would, would be, bring them back, but like go out of their way the way they did, to, obviously to like exactly find them. I mean, right? I mean, Facebook, I think I, what, I think oh, it's everything. one of those things where it's a huge difference of like this is a thing that everyone's watching versus everyone knows that there's a war going on, but there's mm-hmm. so much stuff that we are not privy to, like just random soldier prisoner capturing. Right, like, that's just. And that then, would require that would require like C-SPAN level, yeah, like videotaping of the war, like on yeah. the ground, for us to even be remotely aware of any of that. Yeah, and 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 we know what Bo's like captivity was like, and it is ridiculously beyond harrowing. Um, but like, I mean, we didn't know that at the time. I'm sure people intelligence knew what it probably was like. But, um, yeah, I don't know. That's why I, do, I think it's, you know, one thing that I, com- not complained about, sort of had a, wanted to discuss was, why is Sarah presenting it in this way? Like, maybe it could have just been a little more chronological and so fiction-y or whatever. And Daisy made the great point of, no, it's how you have to like show the impact of it first and then you go back and this and that. And it made total sense when she said that. And I think that sort of relates to what you're saying now. Like, yeah, we are hearing what a mess it is, but it's different uh, viewpoints of that mess. And so I don't personally mind it, but I see that you're kind of like cumulatively Correct. Coming away with it's just like it's a mess and that's frustrating for you. Whereas I'm like, oh, now I know about right. a certain thing and we we're learning the same things. But it for whatever reason just frustrates you yeah. more than it frustrates and I, me. And I think it's just because it's like, again, if I compare it to a, just a, a piece of entertainment, then it's like this is just more expository. Like nothing new is really being revealed it's just like yep it's a mess it's a mess it's a mess it's a mess we all know it's a mess but i think now it's like episode five it's like i want i want to get like more juicy tidbits you want to move on a little bit i kind of want to move on so like the beginning of this episode was really interesting because i was like "Ooh, kim who is this character like what an interesting person and for her to be the linchpin in finding literally like their only foothold into the taliban that was like the case breaker for finding Bo is like amazing. Like the fact that this like woman yeah, it is in amazing. the Pacific. Yeah. Like that this woman in the, not that because she's a woman, but just like the fact that it's just like a civilian in the Pacific Northwest. Unconnected to government. Unconnected and, to yeah. government, unconnected to the military, just through her own like tenacity and desire to help. Yeah. Was able to, and like wits really was able to finagle her way into getting a Taliban yeah. connection to freaking call her on her <laughs> cell phone. Like yeah. bow down, SK, because she spoke to the Taliban way before yeah, you did. Yeah, SK. <laughs> and then, oh, and then I have to say this one last thing, I think, before maybe we start to wrap up. Um, what I also found really funny this episode is that uh, Kim then gets an email from this Taliban connect. Mm-hmm. And then she, I guess, uses like babblefish to try and translate it. And she's like, yeah, it's nothing but gobbledygook. Oh. <laughs> and, and I just started laughing because I was like, girl, 
those internet translators don't even work for Spanish, let alone like. <laughs> oh, that's so pas- funny. Oh, that's funny. Right. So it's just like if it yeah. can't even translate like common Spanish, Spanish phrases. I didn't know that they could. Like, oh, that's funny. I mean, it can, but it's still like. I mean, you if you try and, like, translate an entire, like, Spanish paragraph in those, like, online translators, it's awful. I mean, you Oh, you it. mean, like, when you just say hit translation, like, even in, like, Google or something? Yeah, that's what she, oh, that's what she used. Oh, horrible. Yeah. Oh, they're, <laughs> that's what she used? I did not even realize that. <laughs> I, oh. That's... I, I mean, that was my understanding was that she was just I think like, you're right. cool, I'm just going to copy paste because it's like, you know, different characters and stuff. She's like, I'm just going to copy paste and see what the translation is like. Oh, and it just yeah. Came back, like all gobbledygook. I'm like, also funny in the episode was um, SK's quick women aside. <laughs> I was yeah, like, is she um, doing that on purpose now? Like she knows that we get a kick out of like her like. Quick, quick asides. I enjoy it, though. I think so. I think it was also sort of like a little pat on the back where it's like, oh, like most of the most of the cast of this show. Yeah, is exactly. also women. I, like- I mean, not and I mean this show meaning serial, not like right. serially obsessed, although serially right. obsessed hey. is also produced hey, hey. by all women, women. women. Uh, the last thing that I noticed a lot of in this episode, a lot of Sarah doing this in the whole season so far is being so girly she's, chatty with her yeah interviews. she's very she's she, like really no way like she's talking like us almost sometimes i'm um, like that yeah. is not professional sarah I, I will say that i i actually really like when it when she just kind of gets down and gets real Me like too. um i think yeah i just think it's fun especially like uh when she's talking to not his real name nathan and, like, Nathan basically, like, admits to the fact that he was kind of coercing Bergdahl's parents to say and ask certain things of certain high-level uh-huh. uh, military and government officials. And she's like, oh, the face that you just made. And he's like, yeah, well, I'm kind of, like, nervous. And she's like, why? <laughs> and I just kind of, like, I kind of love that whole sort of thing where she's like, she's like, She's like she's being like, like really honest and just being like everybody would want to know what like she's asking not from like a total journalism school way, but really just like I mean, and this might be, but more as like a human, you know, not that journalists aren't human, Daisy, but you know, it's it's not it's it's real. Yeah. And I and I think it's I mean, that particular exchange to me was interesting just because. I I just feel, I just feel like her whole thing of being like uh don't worry about it it'll be fine like I just got you to say exactly <laughs> what I wanted you to say on tape like so like good luck yeah it's like right exactly kind of like well I don't know what happens to you now but you just <laughs> told me and I have it on tape and that's all I need and thanks for the awesome sound bite see you later yeah. bye um, your real name Nathan. Yeah, it's like, I, I mean, we've to, we've touted you off as not his real name, Nathan, which, again, people know what Nathan sounds like, not his yeah. real name, Nathan. I mean, hey, not you real names. I can't wait for Monday morning. No, I can't. I don't want you to get fired. But I, don't want I just want to get fired. know what happens 
maybe even tomorrow morning. Probably tomorrow yeah. morning. They might not I go to just, work. The thing is, no, like, they're not going to be at work. Uh, the government's going to be shut down because of the winter storm in D.C. Oh, no, they're in Tampa. They're in well, Tampa. Listen, here's the thing. I think that it's interesting, given the fact that they work in government in like, I mean, I guess they're not like, oh, super spy people, but it's like, wouldn't you be so hyper paranoid that you'd be like, no, you got to put my voice through like a thousand yeah. different vocoders so that nobody can tell who I am. Nathan told her a million times on tape that he was paranoid as hell. So yeah. Yeah. imagine it's how like many so- times he told her when she was trying to get him on. He was like, hell right. no. Yeah. So why it never occurred to these people to like be like, no, freaking distort my voice. I want my voice to be so distorted that not even my mother could tell who I am. Right. I'm, a, I'm, so I'm just, just that's so we're weird. a little worried about you. Yeah, we're, we're worried, worried about, about we are worried about all the not their real names out there. Yeah. So um, I wish the best for you. Thank you for sharing your stories and your anecdotes and your expertise with us. Yeah. We appreciate it. We hope that people listening to Serial Season 2 appreciate it. Um, Dip, tell them where the fans can get in touch with us. You can get in touch with us in a couple places. You can find us on Twitter at Serial Obsess Pod. That's at S E R I A L O B S E S S P O D. Serial Obsess Pod. Or you can reach us on email at SerialLyObsessedPod at gmail.com. That's Serially obsessed pod at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you if you have any questions comments thoughts you want to tell us what kind of beef jerky you like you can tell yeah. us on email or you can tell us on twitter it's just yeah tell name. us what kind of uh, beef jerky you guys like um convince these two non-white girls yeah to eat some jerky yeah Daisy, sorry that you couldn't be with us. We hope that you still enjoy just Layla and me. Um, yeah. Daisy, we'll be back for our next episode. Um, but again, thank you so much for joining us, you guys. We love hearing from you. Uh, this has been another great episode of Serial Season 2. And we will talk to you in two, two weeks. weeks. In the meantime, take a listen to our Making a Murderer episode that we did for our other podcast, The Obsession Sessions. It's also available on ACAST. So yeah, Yeah. check that out. If that's a thing you're watching, probably going to do one more show on Making a Murderer just to talk about some updates. But yeah, guys, thanks again for joining us. We love talking to you about Serial. We will see you next week. No, we'll see you in two weeks. in two weeks. We'll see you in two weeks. Okay, Okay, bye. bye. I'm half crazy All for the love of you It won't be a stylish marriage I can't afford a carriage But you'll look sweet Upon the seat Of a bicycle built for two